We all know that patients and physicians are an integral part of the doctor-patient relationship, yet this partnership isn't always as balanced as one would hope. Are there simple rules we can follow to make a positive impact on this relationship? One primary care physician shares his insights on helping doctors and patients build a stronger rapport. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu, practicing general pediatrician and author. Our guest is Dr. Rob Lamberts, board-certified internist and pediatrician and author of a popular blog called Musings of a Distractible Mind. Welcome, Dr. Lamberts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's just start talking about your golden rules for physicians. How did this all come about? Why did you decide to write rules for physicians? Well, Tara Parker Pope, who works at the New York Times and actually does a health blog for the New York Times, she actually has been a reader of my blog, and she was doing a piece on doctor-patient relations, and she asked me if she could interview me, and I said that was fine. And so she asked all these questions about, you know, why is it that doctors and patients aren't getting along? You know, I honestly have a fairly good relationship with most of my patients, But I had some insights, at least enough to get put in the article, but it got me thinking about what it is that doctors need to know to be able to facilitate a good relationship with their patients and what it is that I do when I'm seeing my patients that makes my patients feel more comfortable and the times that I don't. Is there an underlying reason why patients might not feel comfortable coming to a doctor in the first place or why they might get frustrated with us? I think there's a whole bunch of reasons, but I think the biggest reason that I know of is simply that it's very uncomfortable when the spotlight is on you. It's very uncomfortable when it's all about you. We're very good at rationalizing things and not thinking that rules of thumb apply to us or that the warnings about this drug or that drug or cancer or whatever, we figure it doesn't apply to us. But when you're in the doctor's office, the light is shined on you and it is uncomfortable. Let's talk a little bit about these rules for doctors. Your rule number one is that patients don't want to be at your office. What do you mean by this? Well, that is pretty much what I just described. You know, we assume as medical professionals that I come into my office every day. It's comfortable. It's pretty normal for me. I interact with patients, and I've gotten very comfortable with that interaction. But putting myself in the shoes of the patient the patients don't get comfortable because we're writing down their weight, we're talking about what they're doing in their life, the focus is on them, and I think that there's a lot that people are uncomfortable about. It's kind of almost a no-win situation from a patient standpoint. Either you're doing everything you should do, which is you know expected, or you're not doing what you should do, and you kind of have to apologize to your doctor. You know, sorry, I haven't quit smoking. Sorry, I haven't gotten on the diet and lost the weight. Very few times do you come in excited that you can tell your doctor. I mean, sometimes people do, but I think the majority of times patients are uncomfortable and would do what they can to avoid it. Plus, they have to pay. <laughs> there's cost associated with it. So I think there's a lot of reasons, but overall, just getting the idea that you have to understand that it's not like they are excited about being there. I tell my patients, they'll say, well, I don't really want to be here. No offense. And I say, well, the truth is I really like my auto mechanic, but I just don't want to see him very often. So even though we feel comfortable in our own offices, we should remember that patients don't always feel that way. What about rule number two? Patients have a reason to be at your office. When I was early in training and, you know, even during residency and such, you kind of thought that 
patients were kind of morons at times, you know, that why would they come in for that? Oh, that's just ridiculous. And there are times when they come in with little problems. You know, it's just that jaded attitude I think that residents sometimes get, and I think doctors even sometimes carry into their practice, although I, I don't think those doctors are very successful in primary care at least. But, you know, you get the idea that sometimes these people are trying to waste your time or you think about it from your perspective. But the truth is that when somebody comes in for what seems like no reason at all, you always have to ask yourself, I always have to ask myself, what is the real reason they're coming in to see me? What are they nervous about? You know, even if it's sometimes, you know, is it meningitis that I've got or is it brain tumor because I've got this headache or I'm having this other problem and and the idea is that they're worried about something and something worried them enough to finally show up. You know, I think about that also when people have a chronic problem that, you know, I've been coughing for the last three months and then they come into your office. I said, well, what made you decide now that you would come in? Something had to finally get you to decide after the course of three months or longer a lot of times that it's time to go in and get seen. And I think that's a helpful question to try and get to the root of the reason that the person is coming into the office. And then it gives the patient a whole lot more satisfaction to turn around and address that problem. Make sure you answer that reason why they came in. They were screaming, child, mom wondered if it was an ear infection. Okay, you can say, okay, I don't think it's an ear infection. And they walk out saying, good, it's not an ear infection. So excellent reminder to figure out exactly why the patients are there in the first place. Yes. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu. Our guest is Dr. Rob Lamberts, practicing internist and pediatrician and author of the blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind. Now, rule number three of yours is that patients feel what they feel. What do you mean by that? I hear patients complaining a lot that doctors don't believe them. And they almost apologize to me for their symptoms that, you know, it's a weird symptom. I have a hard time describing what this pain feels like or I'm really having numbness on the left side of my face and my entire body. Again, I think in training, you tend to roll your eyes during residency and say, well, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Or the, the parent says the kid was screaming all night long and the kid comes into the office and they're playful and happy. And, you know, as a resident, I remember kind of thinking, Yeah, right. You know, but again, it's one of those things that it doesn't help us to not believe our patients are telling us the truth. In other words, if they do say that the pain is hard to describe, well, maybe it's just a hard to describe pain. And we may not be able to make sense of all their symptoms, but they are having those symptoms and you have to work with what they've given you. You can't dismiss them. And I think a lot of times when we do dismiss them, we dismiss them because it doesn't make sense with the diagnosis we've made. Well, then we should make that diagnosis with caution. You know, we should be very careful to not sit on that diagnosis too hard. I mean, you have to come to a conclusion when you're dealing with a patient. But I think a lot of times people ignore facts that are in there And again, you have to decide, but you have to do that with a lot of caution and explain to the parent or the patient, you know, this doesn't make sense, but this is the best solution that I can find out. You know, the child was screaming all night long, and I'll usually just kind of joke with the parent and say, yes, 
You know, that's just the magical effect of the doctor's office, but always tell them, you know, I believe you. (laughs) The funny thing is the kid has diarrhea, and the parents feel like they have to bring the diaper in to prove to you that they had diarrhea. (laughs) I believe you. You don't have to show me that or show me any sputum to prove to me that you had those symptoms. You really are feeling what you're feeling. I'm the one who has to make sense out of it and understand that you may not remember some things, you may not describe it real accurately. I do have to deal with that, but the challenge is to listen to the patient. You know, the famous statement is the patient will always tell you what's wrong with them. I think that that is a truism that doctors need to walk into the exam room with. So kind of like when you take your car into the shop and you swear that the noise was there yesterday and it's not there anymore. Yeah, and the guy rolls his eyes and says, well, I don't know, you know, (laughs) you feel belittled in that circumstance. I think it's very belittling for patients that a lot of doctors don't believe what exactly their patients are telling them. And that kind of ties into your rule number four, which is patients don't want to look stupid. Can you give an example of how that might play out in practice? Well, I'll tell you a personal story on that. I was in Puerto Rico and thought I was younger than I really am and did some body surfing. Well, I got slammed down onto the sand and broke the surgical neck of my humerus on my right arm. And it was horrible. It was very, very painful. It didn't require surgery, but it put me out for a long time. And I remember going to the orthopedist and feeling very, very self-conscious about how much pain I was complaining about, that I felt like I was being a wimp maybe, or that I wasn't sure how much was the right amount of pain. And again, I was fighting with this idea of, does he really think, you know, because this is a friend, a doctor friend of mine, and it just happened that another doc friend of mine had broken his humerus the year before and said, well, yeah, I was doing surgery in two weeks. And here I was in two weeks. I couldn't even lie down flat in bed. I couldn't do anything. turned out he had a mid-shaft humerus fracture and I had it right in the joint. So it made sense, but it just made me feel stupid. And I, I think that patients a lot of time need reassurance from the doctor that it's okay. You know, you do feel this pain. Don't feel self-conscious. And I think that it's very important to understand that it's not just that they didn't want to be there, but they're embarrassed about their symptoms. You know, the classic story of the man who's been having chest pain and, you know, for days and never went into the emergency room. Is he an idiot or is he just afraid that he's going to look really stupid going into the emergency room and having it just be indigestion. I think the latter is true. I think if he really knew it was his heart hurting him, he'd be in the emergency room quickly unless he had a death wish. But he's just stubborn and saying, no, it's not my heart and I just don't want to be a wimp. And, you know, I think that is probably more true in men. But in pediatrics, you see it in the parent, the mother who doesn't want to be that worried mom that everybody's rolling their eyes about brings the child in and it turns out that it's just teething and not an ear infection and they feel all embarrassed. And, you know, again, I always try and tell them, look, this is the best case scenario that it's nothing. It's still worth looking into, but it's the best case scenario that it's just teething and not an ear infection or it's just indigestion and not chest pain. I'd much rather have you come in and have it end up being nothing You know, my job is to worry more than you do. And then if I get that through to my patients, they're a lot less likely to be embarrassed because they don't feel like I'm judging them as to the merits of their manhood or or whatever. 
Exactly. Now, we just have a couple more minutes for the last two rules. Rule number five, patients pay for a plan. If you could quickly discuss what that means. When people come in, they really want to know what to do. So really, when people walk out of the office, they want to have a plan in hand. And I think a lot of visits, and my wife complained at times that she didn't really know what to do. The plan of action is really what people are paying for, and we just need to make sure that we give them at the end of every visit, here are the medicines I'm giving, here's the plan. If this test comes back positive, this is what we'll do. If it comes back negative, this is what we'll do. And I think you get a lot more patient satisfaction that way. And finally, rule number six, the visit is about the patient. Doesn't that seem like it should be obvious? You know, I find that a lot of times I bring in my own trouble sometimes, and you hear doctors complaining about the state of medicine or about other things. You just need to make sure that the focus of the visit is entirely, you know, they're paying for this time. They're asking you for your professional opinion, and even though you have problems yourself, it's really not about you. And so you constantly need to be going back to this is your problem, this is what we're dealing with. And again, I think sometimes we use office visits as gripe sessions. I don't think that's appropriate. Well, thank you for the reminders about Golden Rules for Physicians. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Rob Lamberts. We've been discussing Golden Rules for Physicians. I'm Dr. Jennifer Shu. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM-157, and thank you for listening.